So I'm so excited to have our next guest. She's so beautiful and so funny and such a great entertainer. Um, I, I'm just going to call her the brown Britney Spears because she literally looks so much like her. It's insane. She's a brown wife uh, on her Instagram. Um, she's a hilarious comedian who I met through DatFan um, at Fourth Wall. Um, you're going to love her as well. Uh, welcome, Nishi. How are you doing? Thank you so much. I just want to say in fifth grade, my parents shaved my hair off, so I had a Britney moment before she even had her. <laughs> so. What can I like? Why? Why did they do that? Uh, uh, that's just—it's just like a hack. Like in Pakistan, if if kids in your class get lice, then they're gonna uh, shave your hair off so that okay. they don't have to deal with all the drama of okay. making lice. You uh, know? Okay. I mean, I I feel like that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Um. But that's pretty extreme. Wow. So, like, did you go around with a wig or was everyone just bald for, like, I don't know, for, like, a semester? How did that work? Uh, no, it was just me. I was pretty much, like, America's first open transgender person posing. You know what I mean? Like, I felt so out of place. People couldn't tell if I was a boy or a girl. Oh, okay. I can and, uh, yeah. yeah, it was pretty traumatic, but I loved it. It was, it was my Britney moment. I love it. Oh my God, this is going to be hilarious. I love this already. Okay. Uh, you have some hilarious uh, Pakistani jokes. So like, what's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite Pakistani joke in Urdu? You know, I don't like, <laughs> here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> I escaped from Pakistan. So I, I'm like, <laughs> well, no, I'm not. I'm just like laughing right now because yeah. I'm thinking about Urdu, and yeah. I just think the language is so poetic and so beautiful that my family does not allow me to speak Urdu because they say I sound like a white girl and I mess it up. <laughs> so I am not allowed to speak Urdu, and therefore <laughs> I don't I know like, any jokes in Urdu. But I feel like Pakistani guys love white girls, though. Like, so I feel like it would it would be cool for them to hear uh, a white girl accent in Urdu, right? But, oh, okay. it's a double standard. It's different. They, they don't uh, want us to be more white. They hate that. They're threatened by that, you know? Like, we're on the brink of a world war, and so everyone is clinging to their whiteness. They're like, they don't want to be brown right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Okay, so what's your... Because um, I love your joke. I don't know if you want to tell it, um, but, like, what... Like, okay, what's, like, the funniest thing that happened to you in Pakistan? Oh, my gosh. There's so many things that happened to me in Pakistan that I have not spoken about until I can, like, you know what I mean? Like, stuff that's been coming out. But I guess, like, the craziest thing is um, when I was little, I was, I used to go down to this little where they were like distributing bread and my parents would make go get the food for the night so I walked down and I went to go get the bread and then some guy he just like came out of nowhere and he's like hey why why don't you jump in my bag and I'm like <laughs> you're bad like he wanted me to jump in his bag and when that happened like I just saw my limbs flash before my eyes I was like oh my god he's gonna cut me up he's gonna cut me up and I'm gonna die and these were the thoughts of a four-year-old so mm -hmm. you know like that's uh 
it's been stuff like that where I just can't believe that I had parent like parent, my parents. You're breaking dead. out a little bit. Hello, you're breaking oh, out. Yeah. Really? Okay. Hold on one second. How about, dude? Maybe let me let me move over here. I'm like go back to my. I'm in my Pakistani cave. What does that mean? I'm like in my little recording room where I normally don't have any outside interference from the world. Okay. How about okay. now? Is that better? Yeah, much better. Awesome. Awesome. Perfect. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's that. And then there's the whole, like, freaking getting acclimated to... There's no touching. Like, my mom is like, no touching a lot. Are you breaking up I again? Was- I don't know what's what's going on. If it's my end or your end. Hmm. Okay. I can hear you just fine. It might be me. Let me see my stupid internet. Okay. My internet is fine. Is it my voice? Like it's like, no, sometimes it's it's just like, static or? like, yeah, it starts to static and break up the words and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe it's on my end. Okay. Oh, sorry. Really? Okay. Hello? Yes. Oh, okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, please continue. Okay. Let me, what if I, can, is my voice okay or? Yeah, your voice is okay. To... okay. It's just like, sometimes like when you start talking, like there's static coming in and it becomes all garbled. What the heck? Yeah. But oh you're okay gosh. now. You're okay now. Okay. 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 okay great. Um, yeah, so what was I, where was I, what was I, what were we talking about? Oh, in um, your Pakistani cave, and I was like, what's that? And you're just like, it's a place with something. Oh, no, I was just saying I was walking out of my room. Um, okay. Yeah, where I normally cry and scream in my pillow at night, you know. I, maybe I need a Pakistani cave, too. Can a Chinese person get a Pakistani cave? Would it be different? For me? Yeah, I mean, I think the only difference is you'd probably find one for cheaper. Ah. You know, that would be, yeah, like, I don't know, the China, I went to China and they had every, they had Prada bags, they had everything for like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I can get I need a fake cave, yeah, that's true. I need a <laughs> fake Pakistani cave because I can't afford the real one. Oh my <laughs> god, I love this, it's so funny. So like, how did you start comedy? Um, I started, like, a few years ago, I was at this event with a bunch of young professionals where we were just like doing different things together and one of the events ended up being like improv thing. So we went to Second City and they were giving out this um, voucher for free class and I I just felt so hyped up. I was like, if this is what it feels like to do cocaine, then I found like my cocaine in life. You know, like I was up all night because I just felt such a rush. And then Mm -hmm. after that, I just went full out and I quit my job and I focused on comedy. So um, what was your first open mic experience like? Oh, my God. It was like seven dudes named Matt. (laughs) I swear, like all of them just like looking at me, walking in like, is she really going to go up on that mic and how can we intimidate her? No, because so you're so beautiful. 
Because you're freaking gorgeous. They're probably trying to like put you into their spank bank in their mind. <laughs> oh, right, but you're so beautiful. But like you thought they were intimidated. They were trying to intimidate you. I'm just curious. How do they do it? I don't think they were trying to. I think like oh, it's their just, skin yeah. color was just like assumed. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. just kind of a weird yeah, situation because I'm because the guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it was. It was. It to me, I was perceiving them trying to intimidate me and I just thought okay you know what this is really weird because I've I've like been on a lot of dates with guys and I've manipulated guys before so what the hell am I scared of you know exactly exactly it was a point but it, it was um it was pretty weird like I wasn't scared I don't think I've ever had stage fright in my life I don't know what it is like people are afraid of public speaking I'm not afraid of public speaking jeans yeah yeah yeah. And, and so I just got up there, I did my thing and I actually got like a resounding, uh, like a pause from them at the end and like a lot of laughter. So yeah, was like, of course. Yeah. Thank you. No, I just, you know, you know how it is like the, the Asians, they like to like talk down on themselves. Like that's what my, that's what my parents would do to like, Oh, you think you're hot shit? Like, let me tell you what you really are. And yeah, where you yeah. From. Exactly. exactly. You know, that's so funny. So, like, were your friends and family thrilled when you like quit your job and said you're gonna start a comedy? Oh my god, they were so depressed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they were so mad at me. They were like, "What is wrong with you? Like, what what did we do to you? And was this Jesus? Did he tell you?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yes, Jesus is pretty funny, but you know, he didn't like coax me or anything." But um, they thought I had gone crazy because mm-hmm. I was in a car accident and I like bumped my head pretty bad, mm-hmm. and okay. there were some things that I forgot. But then I think after being in a near death experience, I was like, mm-hmm. "I'm not gonna waste any more time." Yeah, yeah, exactly. you know. Mm-hmm. yeah so they were concerned they're like maybe you should have an MRI <laughs> or maybe like let's check your vitals and then if you really want to be poorer forever and I'm like nope that's not <laughs> how this works okay oh, so what what did you what did you do before oh before so in my past life I was a so I was doing project management for corporate America, um, I had just gotten my MBA. I thought I was climbing the corporate ladder, you know, doing all those types of, but then I was in the office, like live tweeting people when they had their serious concentration faces on. And I just <laughs> couldn't get ahead because I just thought everything around me was so funny. Like everyone took themselves so seriously all the time. And I, I would be late every single day. I would show up late to work, whether it was like five minutes or an hour. And my boss would take me in the room and he'd be like, tell me what happened today. And I would be like, I had to take a huge dump. Are you okay with that? I have a stomach problem. And I started making up these symptoms and I felt bad. But at the same time, I was like, if you're going to dock me on being two minutes late, I'm going to tell you I took a big shit. Like, that's the only thing you're going to get. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, let me calm down because, oh, my God, that's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> holy shit. Wow, that's amazing. So, like, um, you're also married. You're, you're known as a brown wife. Wow, you're so accomplished before. 
I mean, you're still accomplished, but it's, you know what I mean? The traditional sense, because like all comedians are crazy, you know, because it's like we have a different goal, but we still carry mm -hmm. over our ambitiousness from previous slides, right? So it's like you went from like MBA prestigious job to like doing Santa comedy. Your family thought you're crazy. Um, so like, what did your husband think of it? Or did you meet him already? Or like, what, what was that? He met me after I made the transition, uh -huh. so he loved it. Like, he was a stand-up comedy buff. He loves uh -huh. all the comedians. He knows all the names. And he actually saw me. Like, the craziest thing is that I was asked to speak to a group of, like, 2,000 people. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, last minute. Like, they told me within the hour that I needed to be wow. down there. And I had no clue anyone I knew was going to be there. I didn't know him at that point, but he saw me on stage before we met. Wow. So... It was intense, yeah. That's love at first sight right there. That's my plan, Nishi. So my plan is to like go to the rich places and do speaking so that I can find a rich man who's dying and ugly and fat and then take his money. What do you Girl, think? Girl, well, why does he have to be dying and ugly and fat though? Because uh, otherwise he has other options. Like I don't want to <laughs> you know? I'm like, all right. I'm like average Asian girl. Like I feel like I know where I am or like no you're amazing what are you talking about you got all this grit and you're i think you're beautiful and i love your headshots i'm like dang look at that like just put that up you don't need a dying bridge bald any of that like trust me you can you can break anyone's self-esteem and make them think they're that way yeah okay thank you you're 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 my new favorite person um thank you so much you, you have so much more faith in me than i have in myself it's amazing oh. um so um okay so you literally look like britney spears so like how many times a day do people stop you and say oh my god you're brown britney spears and like what uh what can i do what can other people do to become more like you? <laughs> oh my god! You look so much like her. Like that's the first thing I thought when I saw you. But like, uh, what can one do to take advantage of out of being like a celebrity or looking oh. like? Oh yeah. Oh well, you know, I've never really benefited from it. I've just kind of because she's like not even that famous, right? I mean, she's famous, but what? it's not her prime. So it's kind of weird. Yes. But everyone, she's like, she's like a legend, you know? That's true. She's pretty yeah. much a legend. And, and, you know, I think in high school, I didn't get bullied because of that, because uh, okay. they just called me Brittany. So I think uh, she helped me out as the brown person, yeah. like overstep those things. But there was still, there's still some, I mean, if you, I think, I think like, if I knew how to sing, it would be a different story. But I have freaking sing for shit, so it kind of hurts me that I look like her. You know? Hello? You got cut off. I, the last thing I heard, like, it hurts that you look like her? Uh, yeah. What would you say? Okay. Yeah. I said it kind of, if, if you have no talent and you can't sing, like, she freaking has all these hits and stuff. And, I mean, I got a D in band. I, like, flunked out. What? How? What? Well, I had a really mean teacher, and she wouldn't teach me how to play the saxophone. Like, she stuck me with a freaking clarinet, of a freaking band nerd instrument that I didn't want to play. So she gave me a D, and I was banned from music. Yeah. What an asshole. That's a bitch right there. She was just jealous of you. What the fuck?
Oh okay. my gosh, that makes me mad. Um, okay, so um, okay, so um, I love your country. Uh, your country produces some amazing people that come to America. Personally, I feel like people from Lahore are the funniest people that I know. So, like, how do you advise dealing with Pakistanis in like business and relationships? That I think, I mean, this is kind of a racist question, but I just want to know. Like, what do you think is like uniquely Pakistani that other cultures may benefit from knowing? Well, the first thing is I worked in IT. Mm -hmm. So all the people that I worked around were either Indian or Pakistani. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they had a tactic from people, keeping people like far away, like, you know, managers get micromanaging and stuff. And this is the, they had one simple little thing that they would do. They would bring curry to the workplace <laughs> and they would all eat it together. And then by the time lunchtime was over, give them an hour to stew in that curry and they will be sweating <laughs> it out of their pores. Oh my God. I don't think it worked for me because I, I actually like curry. Um, oh, that's true. Well, if you like it, it's a different story. But if it's like, you know, like some guy you look at that you would be like, wait, I probably, I think you don't know how to spell Jose. I think you spell it with an H. You know, that <laughs> sort of person. That's, that's how you keep away from those guys. But, but you know, Pakistanis, like, to be real, like, they're pretty awesome people. They're pretty brilliant yeah, and smart and yeah, witty, yeah. you know? Yeah. You guys are truly amazing people. So, like, how are you guys so hot and funny? Like, what, what is, is it your curry? Like, what, what, uh, what, uh, what makes you guys so awesome? Dude, you know what? My boss, who was Indian, he explained this to me in the best way possible. He told me that because of the types of spices we use, it like changes our chemistry as a people, and we're like smarter because huh. of that. And I was like, dude, I'm allergic to curry. So I don't know if I got that far. <laughs> but, but you're, yeah, still, I mean, it's so, you're still smart and hot and hilarious. So I guess uh, it's not the curry. I guess it's just the genes. I, I don't know what it is. I honestly, I just feel like it's, it's all, it had a lot to do with America because if I was, not Americanized, I would be very, I would be doctor right now. You know what I mean? Like my talents would have gone towards something that would save the world. And that would be a detriment to my spirit. But <laughs> like, that's just how like every other person I know in my family, they're like, okay, they got their MBA, but then they got bored. So now they're doctors and lawyers, you know? Wow. But they don't have any personality. And I'm like, where's your spirit, man? Like, what's going on? To you? I know underneath it. Obviously. Oh, but, so I took it all? <laughs> I took all the personality genes, obviously. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. So, um, okay. Uh, what topics do you enjoy talking about the most in your stand-up? Um, I really like making fun of millennials mm -hmm. and, like, the stupid-ass first-world problems. Mm -hmm that they have like, 
because, you know, having a background of a third world country, I've grown up with all these things that to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to be in traffic. It's amazing. <laughs> like, people are not killing each other. There's traffic lanes and signals like people. Yeah. This is amazing. So I just, I feel like that kind of shaped my worldview a little bit. Like I appreciate things a lot more because of that. But um, in standup, I mean, it's all about real life. Like I was always yes. told not to say what I feel and how I feel for my parents mm -hmm. and from corporate America and all yeah. But now having the privilege to say those things and yes. sharing my mm -hmm. view on it. I love it. Yeah, that is truly amazing. So um, how do you deal with bombing and rejection in general? Oh man, bombing means something completely different in Pakistan. You <laughs> you're taking a few people with you i should not say that but, but the first time i heard that i was like hey yeah if i bomb, <laughs> if I, bomb I, i'm i don't know who's gonna get the virgins but i'm that's not my thing you know? <laughs> oh my god you're so funny oh shit okay i need to stop laughing so i can let you continue sorry sorry <laughs> Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think, like, bombing, honestly, if you're on stage and you can, you can classily, like, just, just be classy and just let it happen and not let it affect you and just learn from it, yeah. like, that's not how the way things turn out in, in the real world, but if you get to that point, then you're truly doing stand-up comedy as an art form and, and you, yes. you're going to get somewhere. But if you keep letting stuff get to you, because I used to do that. I used to be like, uh, why didn't they, you know, what happened here? But it was more of like an over-analysis rather than, well, I didn't give you enough context or mm -hmm. I didn't set it up. Or, but now I use it as a learning curve. But then in the midst of bombing, I also learned that um, because I'm an improviser too and mm -hmm. I used to be on like these teams and stuff. And um, mm -hmm. so I, I built a skill set where I can actually listen to what's happening in the audience, mm -hmm. you know, and then just like tune in and then like change my material. And I'm perfectly mm -hmm. fine with coming up with stuff on the spot because that will give me more emotion and energy, you know, than using something that doesn't work. Because if it doesn't work, you got to let it go. Right, right. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for the great tip. So um, like, what is your writing process like? Uh, my writing process, uh, first I call my mom and then I hear all of her complaints about me <laughs> and all the ways that I've failed. And then I call my brother and I hear all of the successful things he's doing in life and how he's a multi this and that. And, and then I look in the mirror and I'm like, holy shit, we got to do something with ourselves because right <laughs> it's not looking good for us okay and then I just talk to myself in the mirror and I'm like what the hell are you doing like what, what happened yesterday tell me about it and then I become my own shrink kind of and just stuff just comes out because then I start like crying in my, on my own shoulder I'm like and then and then he told me that I'm gonna be Pakistani no matter what even if I marry a white guy I will never be white holy shit Oh my god. Um, I need to stop laughing because you're so fucking funny. Holy shit. Okay, let me catch my breath. Okay. Huh. Okay. 
I don't think I can ever even do that. So thank you for sharing. And most, I think 90% of comedians can't even do that. Um, okay. Holy shit. Um, okay. He says, okay, you are the brown wife on Instagram and you're beautiful and your husband's so lucky to have you. So like, um, I've been in an interracial marriage before. It didn't work out. Obviously I'm divorced. I don't give a fuck anymore. So like, um, what tips do you have for like, I guess brown brides marrying white guys or just any any tips on like interracial marriages? Yeah, you know, just make sure they're not a Nazi. Like it's simple. <laughs> like, just look for the swastika. Usually they hide it behind their ear or like a baby they have a trap stab if they're like a gay Nazi and they don't really know, you know, they're you just never know. But like to be honest, my thing was my husband loves God and I love that he loves what he loves what? Sorry, got caught up. What he loves what? He loves God and he loves to to like serve God and that's what attracted me to him the most because he wasn't after the same old stuff and and he's a freaking smart smart guy like he was he was working for all these real estate like top tier companies bringing in millions of dollars and so he has a really good head on his shoulders but he's also focused on God and that to me is like all the guys that I dated previously to him, they were focused on other stuff and it was just like a big disaster for me, you know? So I think as long as like, for me, it's, it's working out so great because we're both in love with Jesus and like, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's our focus and it keeps us from like strangling each other. Mm-hmm. And cause you know, you're always going to be different. It's always yeah. going to have to be a sacrifice. It's just up to you to make it or not. For sure. I love that. So you talked about Jesus. So it's like, were you born um, into Christianity? No, I would have been, I would have been an honor killing if I was born in Pakistan as a Christian. Yeah. Can you tell us like, so you obviously converted. So like, uh, what was that like? Yeah, I converted. um, And it, it was, it was great. Like it just, I feel like I just like broke all the shame off of me. So now I, I feel freedom to say whatever I want. Cause like Islam, to me was very restrictive and also it was a male centered religion and people mm-hmm. might disagree with that, but I lived it. And I also had two older brothers. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, the one, one child rule in China. That's how I felt like they never wanted me. So, yeah. um, so it just, it, it, I turned to something where I actually logically did the research and I, I wasn't just going to like follow the philosophy that people follow, like I'm just gonna go along with whatever comes in life. I actually went in and I'm like, I'm gonna apply the scientific method and use this crap that I learned in school mm-hmm. and live my life like mm-hmm. in a direction, you know? Yeah, yeah, I love that, that's amazing. So um, like what advice do you have for like new comedians? Oh man, just quit, like just love it. <laughs> Just like if you're not ready for it and if you're complaining about like people said this and did that, then this is not for you. But if you don't give a shit what people say and if you're willing to stand up for your material, then go 100% full on with it. Don't let anything stop you unless you're a Nazi. But like other than that, (laughs) just go full hearted because because I did that's why I like dilly dallied so much in the beginning that I was like oh man am I doing the right thing okay well my brother said this and he's super successful and I'm not right now like what's going on and then all these opinions just start to form in your head and it breaks you down and 
it's like all you're doing is hurting yourself and prolonging the process. So Mm -hmm. the best thing to do is just really make the decision. Like, are you going to do this or are you going to just flirt around with it and see what's going to happen? You know? Yeah, that's great advice. So um, who do you find funny besides you and me and Dat Fan, if humanly possible? <laughs> oh, man, that's a tough one. I don't really know if I have an answer for that. Like, those are the only three funny people. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's what I you know what okay, I mean? what about comedians then? Who's your favorite comedian? <laughs> oh, my favorite comedian. Oh, my gosh. I like everyone from Dimitri Martin mm-hmm. to Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know Dimitri Martin? Yeah, he's the one with the the eraser board with, like, the things that he draws. Yeah, he draws stuff, and then he he just makes, like, really weird observations on the world, and he turns it into, like, a whole, like, he's a little bit of a nerd, but I like, I love how witty he is. Yeah. I love D.L. Hughley. Like, I love those types of people that are just, they just, like, pull something out of nowhere, and Mm -hmm. it just, like, hits you, and you're like, oh, my gosh. And Dave Tufel is, like, He's like constantly, he just goes into a room and he just riffs for hours. Yes. And it's like, boom, like magic. So I love that. That's awesome. So um, how's the comedy scene in Pakistan? Like, do you, can, is it possible to know about it? Like, is there stand-up comedy there? Is it developing? Yeah, actually they did have, the, I know there was this one famous comedian that my parents really loved and they would go to his shows all the time when, oh, wow. when I was a kid. And mm-hmm. and then like after he passed away, nobody else wanted to do comedy. So there was one really? comedian and wow. now, and that was that. And it, it was really weird because the political climate is so weird there. People follow mm-hmm. celebrities. I mean, they do everywhere, but over there they become political activists, you know? Mm. and so when you become famous there you have an obligation to the people because the police don't take care of the people there the government doesn't do it it's only the people that have charisma that are able to lead them because they're so freaking like lemmings sometimes you know like they just follow whatever but because of because after his death I guess he had such a big political stance or position with the people that nobody dared go after him so now it's like okay now we're all coming here to become comedians i guess yeah you guys are amazing like keep coming keep coming i mean <laughs> like i want to see you guys perform in english so okay anyways okay so what should i read and watch to understand pakistan uh let's see i mean keep fox news on okay like because she's going down right now <laughs> yeah like you know donald trump just happened? tweeted in farsi did you know that like what literally happened? as i'm he's <laughs> fucking crazy i love it um okay i just had to yell that out but anyways Wait, okay. i didn't hear you what you were breaking oh, up what okay happened? can you hear me now yeah, yeah donald trump just tweeted in farsi what yeah seriously. what did he say i don't fucking something about human rights he was like trying to speak to the the uh, iranian people but it's like uh it was he just tweeted like an hour ago or something uh, oh maybe he'll tweet in urdu who knows like he's he's fucking so entertaining he's the fucking funniest comedian ever holy shit um anyways okay so how can how can we like now, now that we're all in love with you how can we hire you for like twenty thousand dollars an hour like what's your website social media uh, how can we stalk you <laughs> oh my 
my gosh, you're amazing. Um, so I'm on Instagram as Nishi Excel and Can you spell I, that for our stupid readers because we can't spell. <laughs> sure. It's N-I-S-H-Y-A-C-S-E-L-L. Okay. I still have to think about that because I it's the new last name, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is that's what is that? Your last name's so cool. Like where where is that from? That is it that is a white guy coming to America and hating his last name. He came from Switzerland. And so he did a brand new name for himself and his new family. Oh wow. Yeah, it sounds oh, yeah. kind of futuristic, futuristic a little bit. Yeah. Like a sci sci-fi name or something. That's cool. <laughs> um awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on this episode. I laughed so much. Holy shit. Um we're gonna hang out. I know it when I come out to LA more. Um, but thank you so much uh for being on this episode and hope to have you on future ones to come. Thank you so much, Lee. Love you. Thank you.